Hello, everybody, and welcome to our 21st episode of Radio Podcast. Which is a good thing, as the podcast can now drink. And those of you that follow us on Facebook know that Diana got a very large head start during the first couple of debates. <laughs> it was the only way I could get through it. <laughs> <laughs> True story. <laughs> as opposed to being on them, mm. which required um, displaying um, what has been described as symptoms of cocaine use. Or the other thing that would have helped is knowing what fuck you were talking about. Oh, but in all fairness, the cocaine use was only alleged. And, um, hello, hello. Can be put down to a bad microphone. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a very bad microphone. It happened to be on. <laughs> we recommend for this episode um, you prepare yourself with a stiff drink. And, uh, well, let's see what we have for you. Yep. What do we have in store, Rob? Top stories. Flint update. More infectious disease news. Oh, yeah. You didn't think that uh, things are under some sort of control in Michigan, did you? I had hoped. Well, no. I mean, last month we had the second major outbreak of Legionnaire's disease in that area. Um, and so it's about time that there's another infectious disease making the rounds through the city. <laughs> At this point, having read ahead, I advise you that if you are eating, drinking, planning to or about to become pregnant, fast forward, pause, do something else. This. Go on, Diana. Let's get it over with. All right. This is really gross, you guys. The disease that's currently making its rounds uh, through Flint is called shishgiliosis. Shishgiliosis? <laughs> I, I, it's a word I've never seen before, but basically it's a really... Or pronounced. Clearly. And uh, I'm not going to crack at it either, so I'm not really mocking you. <laughs> so you're only mocking? You can't enhance? <laughs> it, it looks like a monster from Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> Shigliosis, uh, whatever. Yeah. I, I had to go at it. I it go. I, there you go. See, you tried. You tried. Cthulhu. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's a really nasty bacteria. Uh, it's caused uh, or I guess contracted by not washing your hands. So uh, maybe this part is something you should play for your kids because then they'll need they'll they'll know why as parents uh we can be assholes sometimes about making them wash their hands so this bacteria causes ready fevers bloody diarrhea severe stomach cramping and vomiting probably simultaneously yeah it it's not going to be anything good or fun or nice. So um, basically, because the people of Flint are so distrustful of the water that's coming out of their taps, they... this <laughs> We are talking about an American city in the 21st century where uh, it's like hearing about those cities that have been struck by a hurricane or something else and water quality is tanked and sewage is running in the streets. And uh, 
what next? Go on. <laughs> let's, okay. let's finish the story, please. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Uh, yeah, so the people of Flint, Michigan, America, 2016, are distrustful of the water that's coming out of their taps. They've been uh, showering a lot less and just washing themselves with baby wipes, uh, specifically the little kids, because um, they're the ones who were the most susceptible to the lead-contaminated water causing burns on their bodies um, when they were bathed in it. Um, so these baby wipes that they've been using have been given away for free at most of the bottled water distribution center, so it's readily available to the populace. But baby wipes are not as effective at killing bacteria as good old-fashioned hot water and soap. I, my suggestion would be rubbing alcohol for hands and uh, consumable alcohol for trying to kill any bacteria that, you, that may be inside. <laughs> yeah, and tell that to an eight-year-old. Uh, at this point, I think it's a valid option. They, one of the histories of beer is it used to be used for purifying water. We may be back to that. As much as I detest the, the idea... Maybe Miller Lite would be preferable to Flint's drinking water, even for infants. <laughs> um, we didn't go with Labatt's. We do have some class. <laughs> that's a whole different tangent that we don't have time for right now. <laughs> anyway, that is correct. Um, so, so yeah, here we are. Uh, the CDC and the Michigan State Health Department are working with the city of Flint and the county promoting a wash your hands campaign in America. First world country. In 2016. First world country. Some amazing piles of bullshit. That is correct. <laughs> I, I think we move on. Yeah. Everybody can unpause or if you fast forwarded. Stop now. <laughs> Oregon Fails, Trial Update. The rumors are true. The trial for Eamon Bundy began this week out in Oregon. Uh, you might remember this story from uh, back in January where a bunch of, um, what's the word that we want to describe these guys as? Redneck yahoos. That would be it. They decided to take over a national wildlife refuge for 41 days and um, claim that they had every right to do it because it was public land. So the trial began and in a odd twist of things, um, Emin Bundy actually went on the stand to defend himself, which means we've got some outstanding little tidbits of wisdom it's it's a long way from wisdom sound bites <laughs> uh, oh yeah the sound bites is good we've just got some interesting little statements that uh i'm just glad that it's ammon saying this stuff because every time i look at ryan i just hear a wong as the sound of the shovel hits the side of his face yeah he i 
I, I don't know what happened to him. I bet, you know, five minutes of Googling would tell me whatever happened to him. But he just looks like he got hit in the face with a shovel. Um, yeah. So, apparently, the <laughs> prosecutors only uh, only needed about 15 minutes with them with the cross-examination <laughs> with Ammon. They point-blank specifically asked him if he was the leader, and he said no. And then they reminded him that he called himself the leader when he was, you know, five minutes earlier talking about how he was the sort of leader of everybody. And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, I guess I was. He comes from the Trump school of truth, doesn't he? I wouldn't even go that far. (laughs) He, uh, yeah, he, he acknowledged, Bundy acknowledged that, that, he had hoped to take over the refuge through, uh, and the exact term he used was adverse possession, which is a common law principle that allows a person to occupy and manage property as a way to transfer ownership. So he thought, well, I'm here, so this makes it mine, and now I can have my cattle graze here all I want. Mm. Yeah, he, he he comes from the old school law of the West of, Definitely nine tenths his possession. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no. Now they tried to make the argument that um, during his direct testimony, he was that the local authorities let him come and go as they pleased. That um, he apparently, or I'm sorry, he allegedly um, <laughs> ate at the local Chinese restaurant a couple times. He got a haircut. He went back and visited his home in Idaho three times, all while this occupation was going on, and he was never arrested as he went about his everyday business. So he the, must not have been doing anything illegal. The thing that strikes me as odd in that, well, one of many things, is that he doesn't strike me as the kind of person that's keen on immigrants, yet he's quite happy to eat at a Chinese restaurant. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I, I, for one... Uh, I'm getting mixed signals. Uh, mixed signals alludes to the fact that he is a sane enough to be predictable, <laughs> and b there's some level of intent. Uh, this may have just been the closest place for him to walk to. This could have been. I, I think that he would argue the case that I had intent. It's where I sleep at night. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so um, so we'll keep an eye on this. We'll probably by, I mean, with at the rate that this is going, um, I would imagine in the next, but by the time we our next episode comes out, there'll be some sort of resolution. I can't see this trial really dragging on. There's not a whole lot to discuss, really. Yeah, they're just, I guess, the biggest issue is that it, and they're trying to not make it a referendum on what public lands are and how he is technically the public and should be allowed to use the lands versus the fact that he occupied a federal building with mm. guns and destroyed a significant amount of public property. Yeah. It's got a camera in it and it's spying on us and that's evil government. Yeah. They did specifically ask him about the fence that he cut through. So he was asked cutting through the barbed wire fence and he replied that the fence was new and that ranchers 
had told him that they had been using that ranch land on the other side of the fence. And so now that they didn't have access to the land, they couldn't ranch anymore. And his exact quote was, the ranchers had rights to the property. The fence was put up. They asked us to remove it. Did they? Did they really? Shortly after the fence removal, the rancher whose cattle grazed that land told the Oregonian that he was very upset with Bundy and did not give him permission to cut the fence. So there's a lot of, um, again, he said, she said, and I think Bundy trying to use whatever is convenient for him to try and get out of these charges but it's i mean they video documented everything so (laughs) (laughs) they provided the prosecution with everything they needed yeah i mean better than a body camera at this point so (laughs) oh wow zinger Uh, but i think uh yeah like i said we will give you an update in the next podcast whatever of a resolution we've hit by then but hey this trial could be exactly like that standoff where we thought they'd be out in two weeks and it'll take a month and a half so or longer. whatever it, it could roll on it could be short it, it'll be interesting to to watch that development particularly as it will detract from other developments elsewhere yeah keep us occupied with something amusing <laughs> this is all right, one last quote, and we can be done. This is it. <laughs> so the end of the day session, this is from an article on uh, Oregon Public Broadcasting website, the local Oregon affiliate of NPR, and says at the end of the day session, U.S. District Court Judge Anna Brown suggested to the defense that they bring a more streamlined case to the jury when they return on Tuesday. You're going to lose them. What we did with Mr. Bundy took too long also. oh so yeah i think that is pretty succinct in a way that we can say uh we're also done here for now please you enjoy your extended stay at a federal resort yeah uh i think we will use our language for a similar sentiment moving on Dakota Access Pipeline update. Well, the media has been silent on this, um, so we must be all resolved, right? No. No? No. Um, Yeah, I mean, I guess the media has been really busy uh, kind of feeding the Trump foot in mouth. He's up to the hip by now. He can't. Yeah. Anymore, he's going to end up (laughs) blowing himself, and that would be fantastic for everybody. Well, the problem that uh, Trump is causing is that he's eating up all of the bandwidth. So there's no other stories, uh, even though For life is still issues. happening. Yeah. Um, so we need to uh, get some news out there, um, which is the point of our little podcast here. <laughs> <laughs> and with those um, of you listening, we thank you for listening. Please, please tell a friend. So, all right, so let's 
take a look at what's been going on in North Dakota here. Um, back in September on the 29th, 21 water protectors uh, were arrested while they were protesting and praying uh, along the path of the pipeline. Um, there were about 150 uh, water protectors stopped at two pipeline construction sites. And um, while they were there, there were a lot of helicopters buzzing really low. And at one point, a crop dusting plane um, did a really low flyby and actually dropped uh, something, uh, some substance on them. There's no uh, recorded flights um, supposed to be in the area, um, but they were able to get a picture of the plane and they did confirm with the company whose plane that it was that they were dusting over the congested areas quote unquote there was some other stuff that i saw that there was a helicopter that had been buzzing the area too and when they looked at the tail markings they made a note of that and it came back that the the actual serial number on the aircraft belonged to an entirely different aircraft which to alter the the markings on a on a plane is well, on this case uh, from a helicopter to yeah, the yeah. FAA comes down heavy on their shit because that's bad juju. Yeah, there have been a lot of helicopters that have been buzzing the encampments. They've been trying to break up the encampment that's on the reservation there, and since they can't do it legally, one of the ways they've been trying to do it is to help encourage people to leave the land by doing these really low flyovers with the helicopters. And once they started looking into who owns the helicopters, you might find it surprising, but it was the North Dakota authorities. Hmm. They actually hired them and the, the helicopters are flying so low. They're actually in violation of FAA rules. Kill surprise. This is this is their attempt at, I guess, frightening everybody off. But a really important court ruling was made this past week um, on October 3rd that said that this gathering of nations is perfectly legal. And um, they have been uh, suggesting even going so far as the representative, the the House of Representatives representative for North Dakota um, siding with the pipeline company saying that they believe that this camp is illegal. Um, but the encampment is on the Sitting Rock Sioux Reservation, which is in the way of the pipeline, you know, permits and blah, blah, blah. So the encampment is absolutely legal based on the 150-year-old treaty that the United States made with the Native American tribes back when they rounded them all up and put them onto their designated pieces of property. See episode 19 for more details where Nikishna discussed that with us. Yeah, so it hasn't all been sunshine and rainbows out there in North Dakota. And also Monday is Columbus Day. Good mm. timing. Yeah. A, a good opportunity for people to look back and reflect on the injustices perpetrated over a period of time since he arrived and made a total dick of himself. 
<laughs> I'm putting that kindly. Yeah. <sighs> to him, not the people he mistreated. Yeah. Of which there were many. Just a couple. Uh-huh. There's a lot more in this that could be and should be dug into, but um, we're kind of maxing out on how much of this that we can take, and we just want to keep an awareness of this out there because as much as politics is being chaff in the news and deflecting against some other really important news stories, um, this is one that needs to be paid attention to because it. It's not just about oil pipelines, but it's about indigenous rights, where you can and should be able to put stuff across somebody else's property. And as they so accurately say, they are water protectors. One of the fundamental things we're going to find out over the next 20, 30 years is that we fucked up the water sources. Fracking is going to come back to bite us heavily in the ass. Mm -hmm. The aquifers out in the Midwest are going to dry up. Mm-hmm. With the change in the weather patterns, we're not going to have the water table that we've been used to. Agriculture is going to suffer. And we're going to be looking pretty fucking stupid 20, 30, 50 years from now. So, um, But natural gas, it has the word natural right in it. Oh, yeah. Is it from Monsanto? If not, I don't trust it. Mm. <laughs> I crack me up. So we are going to keep an eye on... This is our, one of our, you know, stable of stories that we tap back into every week until there's some sort of resolution. It's as much um, fun as Flint. Yeah. The same kind of area, and it deals with water rights. We are, uh, we're slowly morphing into a environmental <laughs> protection podcast here. We started with the intention of doing bullshit. We had an audio cryptic word search for 15 episodes. Yeah, yeah. You know what happened? The boring bullshit machine took over, and now we we have to do the fucking news. What the hell is going on in the world when you and I are delivering news? <laughs> the best term I saw for him today was rapey pumpkin. That's absolutely what it is, and we are not going to talk about it. I I think that this the the fall in the in in our bullshit happened. Bob? No, no, no. Let me finish. It occurred when you stopped me from doing the roads. We're not going back to the roads. Oh, come on. It was fun. No, we're not going to do it. No? I no. had this piece already right here. I, I am I, staring you down. I, I have this. I have this. Rob. Rob. I, I got my notes right here. Don't make me get the paddle again. Oh, I love when she gets the paddle. I, 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 because the paddle is nope. now showing. No, um, no. Rob. Yes. Moving, Moving on. on. We're joined by our North Carolina cultural attaché, Tommy, who's offered to fill in some of the areas that we were missing in last week's episode, where, um, in part, we didn't know what the three Bs were and remotely why they were important. Uh, Tommy, would you care to fill us in at this point, please? Absolutely. Uh, And thanks for having me. Uh, Long-time listener, first-time caller. And... (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, I just wanted to say that uh, you guys are doing great work. Um, but yeah, uh, I grew up in uh, North Carolina, uh, Durham, North Carolina specifically, and I spent about eight years in Charlotte, North Carolina. So I'm pretty well versed on this. And the three B's that you're um, looking for would be Bible, barbecue, and basketball. I must confess that I'm only familiar with one of those. Um, let me guess. Uh, barbecue. That would be correct, sir. Ah, yes. Well, um, you know, the Bible, because obviously Bible Belt, um, Tammy Faye and Jim Baker were big in Charlotte. Barbecue, because, you know, Carolina barbecue is some of the best on earth. If you d- should ever decide to say otherwise while in North Carolina, be prepared to fight your way out. <laughs> basketball. Basketball is incredibly important to North Carolina, particularly down in the Triangle area, Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill. So the decisions of these organizations to pull these tournaments out of North Carolina is not in any way a minor decision. This is a very large gesture on their part. That would be correct? Absolutely. Just a quick bit of background. The Atlantic Coast Conference, the ACC, is based in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's one of the major Power Five conferences for the NCAA. Additionally, there are at least four different schools. We've got Wake Forest, Duke, NC State, and North Carolina that are absolute powerhouses in basketball. Three, uh, when I was growing up, people cared so much about the ACC tournament, just a tournament to decide who goes to the NCAA basketball tournament, the March Madness tournament. Schools would have viewing parties in all of the classrooms. And mostly they had to do this because most of the kids were gone because they went to the tournament. Okay, so, you know, there's a supreme amount of money that is on the line that essentially North Carolina has lit on fire. One of the more interesting things is the fact that one organization, the Collegiate Inter- Interscholastic Athletics Association, CIAA, which is a Division II basketball tournament, they base their tournament in Charlotte. And it is essentially like the historically black college and university Super Bowl. You know, people come from all over the country to come to this thing. And they, even though they're going to lose money, they have said that they want to take the, their tournament out of Charlotte because they simply cannot be in Charlotte any longer. And it's, you know, all because of this bill, which realistically nobody even cared about until the General Assembly in North Carolina actually went and made this thing off. Nobody cared, and it's making them a complete laughing stock. Which is fantastic news because it's a human rights issue, and for a tournament to take this view and this approach and go, you know what, that's just not right. I think it's a, it's a great humanitarian gesture and a step forward for everybody. It's an ironic humanitarian gesture, honestly, uh, oh, coming from coming from uh, the NCAA and a lot of uh, these colleges. They are organizations that you know make the bulk of their money on uh, unpaid labor. So for them, all of that is essentially overhead. They're making the money anyway. But they have noticed that this is so toxic and so bad for their overall business, uh, plus they have other fi- uh, fires to fight, that they have to pull out. They are allowing uh, – the North Carolina General Assembly is allowing the NCAA to take the moral high ground for this, which is absolutely ridiculous. So a, a tournament that thrives on unpaid labor, as you say, from the 
Absolutely. And and to be perfectly frank with you, ACC tournament, uh, CIAA tournament, those are you know very, very important and very singular events. The big thing is the NCAA men's tournament, which every year plays either opening round or regional final games uh, in either Charlotte, Raleigh, or uh, Greensboro, North Carolina. The fact that they are you know, taking those away, even though uh, they're scheduled years in advance, means that, hey, all money is not good money. And in this respect, you know, taking money in North Carolina while this bill is still in effect really is essentially just thumbing your nose at all of decency. Ironically, though, basketball may be the thing that kind of tips the scales on this. As we've already discussed, it's very, very important in North Carolina basketball, but you know, again, that's really ancillary. The fact that this is so public and that North Carolina looks so bad uh, in the upcoming election, Trump may or may not have something to do with this. But they look – the grand old party, the Republican Party, looks so bad with this that the fallout for this may actually cost the GOP, the assembly, and the governorship in this state, which, by the way, they just got back for the first time. In 100 years. <laughs> so that's a swift in and out. One and oh, done. absolutely. Absolutely. Um, more like eight and done. This is uh, this is mostly a, uh, something that happened back in 2008. Okay. Uh, and even though North Carolina is also one of the prime ground zero targets for massive voter suppression, mm-hmm. this still may cost them the election. So um, whatever happens, at some point in the next, say, eight to ten months, you're probably going to see some shift on this, more likely because the people who put this into power will be gone, honestly. I think if you're willing, we'd love to have you back to expound further as it as it develops. But the, it's just, there's so much to so many of these stories that we know that we don't get all of. Uh, and so to have you willing to come on as we've had um, others... Um, like most recently Nikishna to talk in depth about the very local side of that issue is for us very helpful. So I thank you for taking the time to, to expound on it. Not a problem. Anytime, anytime. All right. With that, I think uh, we can have you say moving on, moving on. So, did you guys get to follow along with my drunken blog posts of the presidential and vice presidential debates? Because if you didn't, you missed out. You really did miss out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If you're interested, you can go back and read through all of the witty banter that we had on our Facebook page. That's www.facebook.com slash Radio Podcast One. That's a numeral one. Yes. And I also made sure to post permalinks to the Facebook posts on our website uh, for a quick find. So uh, don't worry. I did this the next day, so I know I did it right, not my drunken (laughs) haze. Um, And you can find those posts and all our old shows, uh, show notes, uh, notes on our guests. All that information is at www.radio-podcast.net. And also all of our contact information is on that page, including how to find our Twitter account, which is at 
underscore radio podcast. And just so you all know, because several of you have brought it up, the reason that I did not live tweet the debates is one, because I'm old. And two, my personal OCD would not let me uh, just kind of have my tweets floating out there all loosey-goosey. I really like having them organized all under (laughs) one picture with, uh, you know, just look for the pictures of me drinking in my living room. That's how I know. Hey. And three, it wasn't anything to do with not being able to find and remember what the password was. I have it. I I (laughs) tweeted last week just to say. You tweeted last week. I did. I think it it just said hello. I guess I still have the password. You know. Uh, Thank God for cookies and auto caching. I I had Twitter on my old phone and I've never set it up on the new one. Mm -hmm. uh, Because I try and use the old phone for that sort of stuff, but the battery. That's your dirty phone? (laughs) Yeah. That's the burner. And I I forget to I forget to keep it charged. Yeah, that happens. Uh Uh Uh-huh. Um oh, and so we're also going to be um drinking our way through the second uh presidential debate this coming Sunday, October eighth is that it i could pull up a calendar but why do that this is more fun let's guess no seventh is saturday is friday so that means okay so the ninth so we know what we're talking about october 9th (laughs) sunday night no we don't town hall debate come drink with me (laughs) Uh, maybe that should be a special maybe we just record this and post it up come drink with me what? How many bottles does Diana need to get through a session with Trump? I don't know, man. It's a Sunday night. Uh, let me tell you something. So after the first debate, I drank a lot and I forgot to eat dinner. And so Tuesday was not a good day. <laughs> it was rough. But at least you didn't need to do allegedly any stimulants, shall we say? To no, get through there the- was no sniffing at work the next day whatsoever. So... <laughs> All right. I think I think on that note, um, yeah, maybe maybe the third one, maybe we'll do a special. I don't know. Maybe can we see figure out Rob, you're the technical guy. Figure out if we can do this, do a live one, live recording or at least a live broadcast. I bet, wonder could we Facebook live it? Uh, we probably could. Ooh. All right. <laughs> so here's what we're going to do, guys. Um we're going to come up like with a lot of really bad ideas and you have to tell us if you like our bad ideas. And if you do, if enough of you do, maybe we can make some bad ideas work. You'll have to communicate with us. We get, we hear from a few people, but we'd like to hear from more people. Yeah. So if you'd like to be part of the more people who now communicates with us, get in touch. Details preceded this comment. That's right. Facebook page, web page, uh, <laughs> Yeah, then webpage has. Uh, oh, I guess I I still get Twitter alerts, so you can tweet at me, us, us. It's mostly you. Mostly me. <laughs> I don't do that stuff. <laughs> You're even really older than I am. This is true, and I'm the one that's supposed to do the technical stuff. You deal with the social media. I know. You're, you're the you're the pleasant face of the radio podcast. Hi. <laughs> I speak to all the young hipsters. Oh, oh yeah. I, I'm down here in the basement, the technical end of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and speaking of the technical end of things, 
get ready to uh, edit some music onto the end here, because uh, Mr. Secord, I think we're ready for you to play us out. We don't edit the music on. He's right here with me, with his ensemble, and they're quite ready to play. As okay. soon as you ask them to, they're quite ready. James, Mr. Secord, sir? Will you please play us out? Thank you.